Well, today, before we actually have our message today, I want you to read through a passage with me. It's going to be from Ezekiel chapter 1, and you can read uh, from on the screen with me. Uh, so we'll, uh, this is from the NIV. Um, we're re- reading chapter 1 of Ezekiel, and let me just go ahead and prep you. This is one of the weirder ones. Okay? You know, there's passages in Scripture that are like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, you know, that's clear, that's easy, and there's a Samaritan, and okay, and then there's a good Samaritan, and okay. We, there's easy passages. This is not one of those. This is one of those that might leave you scratching your head a little bit. But I think it's got something to say to us. So let's read through together. It says, In my thirtieth year, in the fourth month and the fifth day, while I was among the exiles by the Kabar River, the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. Now, in the fifth month, it was the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiachin, and the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, uh, by the Kabar River, the land of the Babylonians, and there the hand of the Lord was on him. Verse 4. I looked and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning. I think he was here on Wednesday. It sounds like. Um, okay, no, I'm dead, sorry. I just had. Sorry. Uh, it was immense lightning surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal. And in the fire, there was what looked like four living creatures. Now, in appearance, their form was human, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Skipping to verse 9. And the wings of one touched the wings of another, and each one went straight ahead. They did not turn as they moved. Skipping to verse 13. Now the appearance of these living creatures was like burning coals of fire, or like torches. Fire moved back and forth among the creatures. It was bright, and the lightning flashed out of it. The creatures sped back and forth, like the lightning, like the flashes of lightning. As I looked at the living creatures in verse 15, I saw a wheel on the ground beside each creature with its four faces. This was the appearance and the structure of the wheels. They sparkled like topaz, and all four looked alike. Each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting another wheel. And when the living creatures moved, The wheels beside them moved. And when the living creatures rose from the ground, the wheels rose. And whenever the Spirit would go, they would go, and the wheels would rise along with them. Because the Spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Now when the living creatures moved, the wheels moved. And when the living creatures rose from the ground, the wheels also rose. Verse 20, whenever the Spirit would go, they would go. And the wheels would rise along with them because the Spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Spread out among the heads of the living creatures was what looked like something like a vault, sparkling like crystal and awesome. Under the vault, their wings were stretched out towards one another. And each had two wings covering its body. Then there came a voice from above the vault over their heads as they stood with lowered wings and above the vault and over their heads was what looked like a throne of lapis lazuli and on high above the throne was a figure like that of a man. 
and I saw what appeared to be his waist up. He looked like glowing metal, as if full of fire. And, and, and from there down, he looked like fire, and the brilliant light surrounded him, like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day. So was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell face down. And I heard the voice of one speaking. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We're beginning a new series from the book of Ezekiel. And here, in chapter 1, we see the beginning of his call. We see the beginning of a call of a young man to be that spokesman, that watchman, that person who would try to return hearts to God. And we see this very strange, almost kind of freakish vision of heaven, of the glory of God, of strange creatures and wheels intersecting wheels and brilliant flashes of lightning. And i got to be honest, I, I, well, okay, I'm just going to confess for him. Aaron, our worship coordinator, kind of wrote me and said, I don't know where you're going with this one. <laughs> Give me some help here. I don't know what songs to pick because I don't know where you're going. Well, we can always sing songs to the Lord. But this is a very odd passage. Do you agree with me? But I think it has some words to say. There's some things I wanted you to notice, actually, as we read through it. And I don't know if you did, but it's some things that perhaps you didn't pick up on. Did you notice when it happened? In Ezekiel chapter 1, in the very first verse, he said, In my thirtieth year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day, while I was sitting among those exiles in the Kavar River, I saw the visions of God. In my thirtieth year, I saw these visions of God. Um, he goes on to say, and really, Ezekiel, out of all of the books in the Bible, is one of the ones that's most clearly identified by date. We kind of know exactly when this happened. We know that it was on a certain month, on a certain day. Um, we actually know the year, because in verse uh, 2 it says this was the fifth month. It was the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiachin. What had happened? The vast Babylonian empire had rolled into town. They were conquering everybody in sight, and they conquered the people of God, the nation of Judah. They came in and took into exile King Jehoiachin and replaced him uh, with Jehoiakim. Um, and then ultimately uh, Zedekiah. They, they came in and they replaced the kings here. Um, this was when... Um, the priests were carried away, and the temple in this month had not yet been destroyed, but it was about to be in a few years. It says, the hand of the Lord was upon him. Let's look at these three things I want you to see. First, it was his 30th year. Actually, that's a very odd construction. It's a very odd construction. Usually, it identifies the 30th year of a certain king or a certain kingdom or a certain event. It was this... this it was the 30th year, is all it says in Hebrew. We don't know the, the 30th year of what? There is a rabbinical tradition that it's the 30th year after King Josiah had restored the temple, after King Josiah had made everything, brought it back, and they were following God's word again. It was the 30th year since, since they'd finally gotten to a place where they were supposed to be, and now 30 years of decline had happened, and people had returned to their old ways. Do you remember those glory days? 
I don't know, when you felt like God was using you, when He was speaking to you, when you were moving with the Lord, when you thought things were on the up and up, when you were like, these are exciting days for the church, these are exciting days in my spiritual life. Youth camps, right? We talked about that. And then there becomes these days of decline. We slip back into old patterns. We return back even to some old addictions. We struggle with things. Maybe it was 30 years after that revival, and now the Babylonians have come, and the things were not going well. Maybe it was that 30th year. Other Bible scholars believe that it was actually Ezekiel's 30th year, like his birthday. Like it was a big 3-0. I'm approaching one of those big ones. Miss Brenda said, hey, I know this was your birthday coming up. Thank you, Miss Brenda. This is one of those big O ones. You know what I'm saying? I wish it was 30. It's not 30. I still kind of wish it was 40. It's not 40. Not 80. <laughs> I'm thankful for that. Okay. So, so I'm somewhere in between there. I'm somewhere in between there. Um, and uh, it's a big one, right? For Ezekiel, it would, might have been his 30th birthday. You see, that was significant because according to the Levitical law, and you notice he was a priest, according to the Levitical law, he would have began his duties as a priest. What he had been trained for a lifetime to do, he was going to step up and be able to take that role as a senior leader priest in the temple, that he would be in charge of the sacrifices, that he would be in charge of teaching God's Word, that this would be the moment that finally he's graduated, finally he's taken on his position, he's got the mantle, he's got the robes, he's got the official position. This is what he'd been living his life for. This was his calling, his heritage, his inheritance. And where was he? In Babylon, by the Kabar River, taken far away from the temple. It had been stripped from him. His hopes, his expectations were gone. It is significant that it says in the 30th year. Either because it is 30 years since the revival had happened and it's been way too long and the people of God need to be revived. Or it was his 30th year and perhaps he was just disappointed that where is God? What has happened? Everything that I was looking forward to was stripped away. But don't miss this. The hand of the Lord was on him. It says the hand of the Lord was on him. In this time of decline, in this time of difficulty, in this time of disappointment, in this time when he's just thinking, I I, I don't even understand what's going on, God. God grabbed a hold of his heart and his mind with deep conviction, with power, and he spoke into his life. You can look back. You know when it is in your life. When God has spoken to you, so often it was not the times that were the easy ones or the high ones or everything was going well. So often God comes and he speaks and those moments are are so difficult when disillusionment and disappointment, discouragement abound. God can speak to us in those days. And so in this really strange passage, we need to walk away with this truth, that in the middle of life-altering change... God still has a plan for you. Did you hear that? Because it's our main first point here. In the middle of all kinds of chaotic circumstances, God still has a plan. 
even though Ezekiel, who was this trained to be a priest, and on his 30th year, perhaps, is finding himself, whether it's his 30th year or not, he's stripped away from all that he wanted, all he had hoped, his career path, his goals in life were taken away. It says the hand of God was on him because in that moment, this life-altering change, God still has a plan. Go ahead and flip to that next slide for us. There's that image. <laughs> Maybe that's what it looked like. I don't know. That's one artist's conception. Wheels and glory and fire and lightning. I don't know. But I want you to think about this next slide. When was your vision for your life changed? Was there a moment when all of a sudden you feel like you hit a wall? You had a plan, you had a direction, you had a hope, you had a dream, and then there was the wall. Maybe it was a debilitating health issue that you were not expecting, and all of a sudden what you had hoped to do, what you had planned to do, just couldn't come about because there were health limitations. Or maybe it was a new uh, living situation where all of a sudden the home you had planned, uh, that wasn't it. That there were difficult, it, you just couldn't get through. Uh, maybe it was a career upheaval where your goals and you, uh, that just job just fell apart. That career plan fell apart. Maybe you couldn't get into the grad school you wanted to get into. Maybe the the grades weren't good enough. Maybe uh, the boss changed. That's what happened to me. The boss changed, and all of a sudden, uh, the career path that you thought was yours was gone. Financial barriers, or even global catastrophes. My heart breaks when I see on the news the people whose homes were destroyed by these devastating forest fires. Their life was wrapped up in their possessions and their dreams and their memories. And all of a sudden, it's just gone. This was the moment in time where Ezekiel finds himself. His house is gone. His family is separated. He is away from his career and his job in the temple. This priest of God is sitting by a river. And God opens heaven. And he sees that God is on his throne. And that God still has a plan for him. Look at verse 4. It says, I looked and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north with an immense cloud and flashes of lightning surrounded by brilliant light. And the center of that fire looked like glowing metal. And the fires would look like four living creatures. And this is where it gets a little freaky, right? The four living creatures. We know storms. We just had one, right? I don't know if you enjoy them or not. One of the things I, you know, I grew up in Texas and I actually loved the Texas storms. Partly because in Texas we didn't have trees, <laughs> or what we called trees were really kind of like bushes. <laughs> um, so they were about this high. So you could see forever, and you could see storms that were way out there. And the lightning would flash, and they would just light up the sky. And I would just go out and get a lawn chair, and I would just sit out and just watch these storms come rolling through. Kind of fun. Kind of awesome. Kind of like, wow, God, that's amazing. In some ways, I think the storm was like that. But you all have lived through the other storms, right? Those hurricane-y kind of storms where the wind is so intense, where it's blowing, where the power is going out, where the waters are rising in your basement, <laughs> when, when things are not going so well. And you're thinking, Lord, we've had enough of this. this. This is too much. We are, oh my goodness. This is the image that Ezekiel has. Awesome, mighty, powerful, but also scary. Like, I can't endure this storm. I might not last through this storm. This is a life-threatening storm. When he looks at it, it looks a little bit too much. 
And the truth of that, and we need to remember, is that in the midst of frightening forces, God's word is that He is still in control. He is looking at this storm that is, is awesome but scary, and He's having to realize that God is still in control. I think the story that comes to mind most for me is in Mark. And in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, it says that a furious squall came up on the Lake of Galilee. Now, squall. Do we even use the word squall? I'm not sure. But what does it mean? An intense storm on the water. Do you all like the whole Chesapeake and fishing? Anybody do that? I, I grew up fishing on the summers with my grandfather on the Chesapeake. He was an expert. He knew the waters, um, and he knew them well. And he could tell, all of a sudden, I would see him, and he would get a little nervous. He'd be like, you know, it's time to go in. He just knew. He just knew. When those, a storm is coming, he just knew. And uh, it's time to get the boat in. It's a small boat. Time to get it in. Well, this was what happened. The disciples were with Jesus on a boat, and it says a furious squall came up, so big that the waves and the breakers broke against the boat, uh, so that it was nearly swamped. And it says this in verse 38, that Jesus was in the stern or in the back of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. You get the image? You've been on these boats, right? When the waves get big. It's not rocking you to sleep, right? <laughs> you know what he's talking about. It's a squall. I mean, it is going up and it is going down and waves are coming in. And, you're thinking, and Jesus is taking a nap. How do you take a nap? These fishermen, disciples of Jesus, woke him and said, Don't you care, Lord? We're going to drown. We're going under. Then we're not going to make it, Jesus. If you can do something, now's the time to do it because we're... You're taking a nap. Of course he was taking a nap. He's the Lord of all things. The universe he holds in his hand. He has authority over heaven and earth. As Ezekiel sees the Lord high and mighty, he's seeing the Lord. Jesus himself is there who has control over all things. The lightning is under his control. The winds are under his control. And in the storm on the lake of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus got up from his nap and just said, Shh, peace, be still. And it says the waters could calm. In the midst of frightening circumstances, in the midst of a nation that is in upheaval, in the midst of uncertain times where your career might just be going downhill fast, in the midst of where health concerns that you can't have any control of for you or for your loved ones, guess what? God is in control. Doesn't mean He's going to calm every storm. But He is Lord over every storm. Doesn't mean He caused every storm. But he is still Lord over every storm. It doesn't mean that every bad thing is from God. Nah, that's not it. But it does mean that when he wants to say, Shh, peace be still, it's still. It does mean that God ultimately will bring an end to those scary moments. It does mean that God, our God, is in control. We'll look at verse 13. I think you may have to back up one slide. It says, the appearance of the living creatures was like burning coals of fire or, or maybe like torches. And as the fire moved back and forth among these, these living creatures, it was bright and the lightning flashed out of it. And the creatures sped back and forth like flashes of lightning. 
Well, that's probably one of the weirdest parts of these living creatures, these creatures that apparently had wings that were going up and some wings that they were covering their bodies and wings that they were flying with. These creatures who, who literally had these fiery coals and appearances, these creatures that apparently had four faces. And if you've ever seen, there, there's a, I think it's a Nicolas Cage movie called like Knowing. It's based on the book of Ezekiel. So some of these weird images of all these alien creatures are based on Ezekiel. So if you want to go see that movie, it's kind of fun. And maybe it'll give you an image of what it looks like. I don't know. But the idea is there's these living creatures with four faces and wings, and they're darting back and forth, and there's lightning going, and there's fire, and they just look scary. Well, these are actually kind of a stock image, like one that would come up over and over again in the ancient Near East, among the religious and among the peoples. It comes up over and over again in the scriptures. They're called the cherubs or the cherubim, uh, which is the plural of cherub. Um, the cherubs were these angelic beings that were always had a d- job, and their job was to guard or to protect the holiness of God. As if God needs protection. He really doesn't. But it's like nothing's coming before God that is not worthy. Nothing is coming into His presence that is not clean. Nothing is coming before God because God is holy. And therefore the cherub are going to keep anything out, that anything from His presence, everything away from Him that would even be a hint of something that might uh, bring some kind of a, uh, a pollution into God's presence. What do we learn from this image of the cherub that that Ezekiel saw? Well, that in the midst of a corrupt society, and it is corrupt, right? In the midst of corrupt society, in the midst of corrupted relationships, in the midst of our own corrupted hearts, we need to remember that God is holy. That He is not like us. That He is not impure. That He does not have false motives. That He is not somehow tempted by evil, nor does He tempt by evil. And that's what it says in James. And so we, as people who want to approach the presence of God, we need to be clean. We need to be holy. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, it just says, Therefore, since we have these promises, the promises of forgiveness, uh, the promises of, of God's love, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body or the spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. The Old Testament says, Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Or who can enter His presence? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. In this moment of difficulty, Ezekiel sees that God has a plan. He sees that God is in control. But he also sees that God, you are holy. And we approach God only in holiness. I remember um, my freshman year. First day of class. First day of class. I got a phone call that morning. It's from my mom. And she said, Mike, I just need to tell you, your uncle who's been struggling with cancer has died. My uncle uh, pastored a church not too far from here, actually, uh, down in Virginia, in Leesburg. He'd been pastoring a long time. He was my favorite uncle. I mean, I shouldn't say favorite, right? We love them all. And blah, blah, blah. He was my favorite. I mean, he just always believed in me. He was always encouraging me. And he, he walked with God. He was one of the good guys. And, and, and as a young uh, 18-year-old, 17-year-old, 18, I was 17 at the time, 
It was hard to grasp, God, how could you, how could you take him? How could he die? How, why didn't you heal him? I was praying for healing. Why didn't you answer my prayer? It felt like chaos. It felt like, 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 like the world was now uncertain. It felt like things were out of control. It may have felt a bit like Ezekiel fell. The school I went to had a chapel, and I went to chapel, and they had a service, and, and the song that they sang, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. Now, other students were in there, and, you know, whatever. I'm just in here bawling. I mean, I'm crying. I think they're all looking at it like, it's first day of class, man. It's not that bad. <laughs> they, I don't think they knew what was the agony of my heart. And yet, as I saw the holiness and just, I, I could, it was almost like you could just, God, you are holy. You are in control. You do have a plan. I don't have to know it because you are holy. I am not. It wasn't like all the grief just magically disappeared. But my perspective changed. The trust returned. The unease of the day melted away. My God is still God. In the midst of some of these impure, corrupted, pulling us only to ourselves kind of world, we need to see the holiness of God. Well, the last passage, well, introducing this last passage, Ezekiel verse 15, chapter 1. It says, And I looked at the living creatures and I saw, what? A wheel. A wheel on the ground beside each living creature and each with their four faces. And this was the appearance and structure of the wheels. They sparkled like topaz and all four looked alike. And each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting a wheel. How weird. What do we get from that? Why are these wheels there? Well, here's the point. Next slide. Even in the midst of devastation, God comes to his people. Okay, the temple had become corrupt. The worship had become corrupt. God was actually leaving his temple, the place that symbolized God's presence in the midst of his people. The place that the, the Israelites, the people of God, thought this is God's throne. This is where he rests, right here in the middle of us. Guys, that wasn't it. It had become corrupt and God was leaving the wheels kind of made this whole throne of God seem to be like a chariot of God. That God is moving out. But he wasn't just moving out. He was moving to be with his people. You see, this vision really doesn't end until chapter 10, where he has a second vision that was very similar. The cherub were there, the lightning is there. But in chapter 10, it says, then the cherubim rose upward. These were the living creatures I had seen by the Kabar River. Same vision. Verse 15, 16. When the cherub moved, the wheels beside them moved. And when the cherubim spread their wings to rise from the ground, the wheels didn't leave their side. Next verse. verse then the glory of the Lord departed from over the threshold of the temple and stopped above the cherubim. You see the image? It's like God moving from the, what was perceived to be his throne in the temple up onto the throne that was now mobile. <laughs> this image of, of mounting up onto this, this platform supported by these cherub. 
And in verse 14 it says, While I watched, the cherubim spread their wings and rose from the ground. As they went, the wheels went with them. They stopped at the entrance of the east gate of the Lord's house. And the Lord's glory of, and, the, and the glory of the God of Israel was above them. Some commentators think, well, why the east gate? Well, Babylon was to the east. Ezekiel, this priest who was ministering before God, was now with the people in the east. That God was going to be with his people. That God was showing that, no, it's not my throne, my place is with you. Yeah, you're struggling. Yes, this is a time of judgment. Yes, this is a time of hardship. But I'm going with you. Jesus, the resurrected king, when he was speaking to his disciples and about to leave in Matthew 28, he says, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We need a new vision of God. In these difficult days, we need to see him high and exalted. We need to remember that he has a plan. We need to realize how God is in control no matter what we see. And that He is holy and calls us to a holiness so that we can be with Him. You know, on the night Jesus was betrayed, He took bread and He broke it. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you. That was a dinner that they had over and over and over again every year. It was the Passover celebration. That celebration where God had redeemed and rescued and brought His people out of slavery into a new life. They celebrated and that dinner every year. And Jesus messed it up. What? I'm so, sorry. I'm just saying. He didn't follow the traditions. He didn't say the same prayers. He didn't do the same things. He gave it a whole new meaning. He messed it up. He started saying, well, guys, this is my body. And uh, Wait, wait. That, 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 oh, no, no, no. Jesus, this is when you say, we remember how. No, 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 no. We're not remembering. I'm telling you something new is happening. All that came before pointed to this moment where I'm about to go to the cross and my body, which is symbolized by this bread, will be broken for your sins. Where my blood, which is symbolized by this cup, will be poured out in payment for your sins. That you might become the holiness of God. You might become clean, not because you are in and of yourselves, but you are clean, you are made holy because of the forgiveness that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus messed up the tradition to give it new life. I think Ezekiel experienced that. God, it was messed up. The world was messed up. Things had changed. But God is still on His throne. God still had a plan for Ezekiel. And God still has a plan for you. It begins with holiness. It begins with a relationship with a God. So that the God who wants to go with you and have a relationship with you can go with you. So this morning, we're going to take a moment to celebrate and remember what Christ has done. Remember that He said, eat this bread in remembrance of me because this is my body that was broken for you. It says that after the supper, in the same way, he took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant, the new agreement in my blood. Do this every time you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 
Today, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, or if you're saying, you know, I'm in, I need it, I'm choosing Jesus, you come today. You come. You come and, and take one of the cups and the crackers and you go back to your seat and you eat the bread remembering that Jesus' body was broken for you. And you drink the cup in remembrance of the new agreement that you have holiness because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. Jim is going to play. Let this be a time of worship before the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for his glory, that he is your image, that he is your son, that he is everything we need. God, thank you for not leaving us. Thank you for allowing your glory to come and dwell in us. We pray this in remembrance of Jesus and in his name. Amen.